We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, hello, what is going on? Welcome to Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you. For tuning in today, it is Tuesday. Recording this on Monday, dropping this on Tuesday, which means I am joined by my good friend, writer, podcaster, sports media personality. I, I just got a nice flow to it, man. I love saying that every week. Joe Yurden, what's going on, bud? How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. It's been uh, it's been a busy weekend. It's been a busy weekend here. So uh, you know, kind of wrapping wrapping up their season. We'll we'll talk about it, but uh, but yeah, doing good, man. We're going to. So this is going to be like a. Sort of two-parter, I guess. Um, this week, we're going to focus more, and we'll get to this in just a few minutes, on what went right for the Buffalo Sabres now that the season is officially over. And then maybe next week, we'll, we'll kind of focus on some of the things that went wrong. Maybe a little bit critical of the team. There's not too much to be overly right. critical about. This was a, a promising season for sure. So that's what we'll kind of cover over these next two weeks. Um, it's had a busy weekend in Buffalo. It was certainly a nice weekend in Buffalo and with the, you know, weather that just seems like it's never going to end with the wintry weather and the wind and the rain and this, I don't even want to say snow because it didn't really snow all that much minus two big storms we had, but just gloomy, man. The sun barely came yeah. out for months and it was nice short lived because we were about to go through like seven or eight days of pretty crappy, uh, unseasonable spring weather here, but mm-hmm. At least until Sunday night when it started to rain hard. It was a gorgeous weekend, man. It was nice to just feel some sun. I don't know what you did yeah. over the weekend. Now, again, I know you were busy with <laughs> hockey stuff, but, uh, man, it was nice just to get out and enjoy the weather. I did on Saturday for sure. Yeah, I uh, it was a bad weekend to, to be stuck writing and, and transcribing quotes and, and all yeah. that stuff. It was a real bad weekend for that. Uh, but what it did do was uh, it gave me – gave me the opportunity to just take my laptop and go sit outside sure uh, and enjoy it that way and uh i i mean i live on a busy street so it's not like peace and quiet or anything like that but um but i it's like you get like the light bustle of of city life like it's not new york city where it's craziness or uh and it's not out in the country although you know i'm not knocking being out in the country that that that's a whole different kind of living and it's nice too um but like you know it's 
light city out here and it's it's cool because you get you know people out walking they're walking their dogs which is great uh love to see the dogs in the neighborhood because every everybody i think everybody in my neighborhood except for me has has a dog here so uh but it's cool for me because you know dogs are awesome and I, it's neat to see them and they're always bopping around and yeah. like, taking a dump in front of my building but you know <laughs> um but it's uh but like it's just i don't know it's nice to see and you know the warm air was nice there's a little bit of a breeze the day i was sitting outside so it's nice like that's the kind of good weather i'm all about like that san diego 72 and 70 it's a different out. energy isn't it it's, it's oh, yeah. just it's a different vibe man and i noticed on saturday whether it was seeing people's tweets on twitter or their statuses on facebook or just seeing people out because saturday at least i didn't do much really on sunday i kind of spent recovering but saturday i went out to uh Prohibition, right next to the stadium with a couple of buddies yep. of mine, watched some NBA playoffs. Shout out, by the way, New York Knicks went up, went up on the Cavs already. Big, big Knicks fan. Um, anyway, but my point was everyone just seemed in a good mood. And it kind of reminded me of living in Florida for five years. And, and I'll tell you, the, the things I miss most about Florida, obviously the weather, at least from that like January through April, May, maybe kind of weather in Florida where it's very little humidity it barely rains so it's like perfect weather kind of like it was in buffalo right. this weekend for the most part at least anyway but so I, I miss the weather the most but the second thing i miss and, and i realize this more and more now being back in buffalo now for t- the last two winters you're just in a people generally speaking are just in a better mood when it's nicer out when the sun is out you just feel more alive you know it really Seasonal depression, I believe, is a thing now. I didn't necessarily believe that. Now I do. When it's cold, Joe, and it's gloomy and it's windy, and you don't see the sun for days or even a couple of weeks at a time, and then maybe it pops out for a day and a half, and then you're right back to freezing temperatures with snow flurries over the course of three or four consecutive months, I really do think it starts to weigh on people. Not everybody. I mean, some people embrace the winter. Some people like getting out and ice skating or or going skiing, stuff like that. So I get it. Some people are built for winter. But generally speaking, I think winter starts to kick your ass after a while and you just get a little bit gloomy, you know? So just to have a weekend like this, it kind of reminded me of Florida where it's just like, you're just people are in a better mood when it's nice out most of the time anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I agree with that. Uh, the seasonal thing is definitely a thing. I it Not necessarily for myself. I mean, there's some days, but um, sure. taking, taking vitamin D pills helps out quite a bit with that sure, yeah. almost little drops of sunshine to uh to make sure you're not uh getting uh totally ruined by by the lack of it um but yeah i mean i don't know i like the cooler temperatures like i like it being colder i'm happy with it being colder that's usually my style but like seven like the perfect the perfect level for me is like what we had this weekend where it's yeah you know, it is sunny, but it's, you know, it's still warm. You could throw shorts on if you want to, or you could just, you know, throw a short sleeve shirt on or a t-shirt and you're good. And yeah, like that's, that's pretty good for me. But yeah, it's, uh, as far as people being nicer though, I don't know, man, maybe it's because everybody has their windows down, (laughs) um, and you're going around and people forget that they have their windows down. I'm guilty of that. And so you're driving around and somebody does something obnoxious and you're just like, what the, and you're just like saying it as loud as you would. You're in the West side, (laughs) except, except, 
<laughs> except your windows are down and you look catch somebody on the street going, Oh geez. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, but I, I don't know. I, I was, I was coming across a lot of people who were just, they were in a big hurry to go everywhere. And I, I, I noticed something new uh, at red lights, people just kind of slowing up at it, taking a peek left, right. And then just zooming right through it. I was like, <laughs> what are we doing here, guys? It's people, people want to get the out. Nice they, weather's for cruising, not they, blazing around. They want to get to where they got to go, man. It's, I, only I get guess. a certain amount of time to enjoy. You're a lot like my son when it comes to, uh, your weather preferences. You're not a big fan of that July, August heat. No, my son hates it too. My son prefers that fall, early spring type of, uh, of weather. I made my polo shirt and khaki shorts debut on Saturday. Got a little colder though, as the day went on. In fact, they had to cold, uh, um, close the garage. Mm -hmm. So Robish has got like a garage. It kind of opens up for their patio. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, they had to shut it down as it got, closer to being dark but yeah man all in all it, it it was fun it was nice it was just uh it was good to enjoy some good weather and uh so we're taping this monday afternoon by the way and i bitch all the time dude about hating a lot of i i res there's a good part of social media but there's also parts i hate and you know we really mm -hmm. don't need to get into all that but i will say i do one of the things i've always liked about facebook is connecting with old friends and just kind of reminiscing a little bit. I'm going to pull this up. If you're watching this on the video side, uh, my friend Rodney, shout out to him. I haven't seen him since we grew up. Oh, Jesus, 30 years ago, maybe longer than that, but we're still friends. That's my kind of my point. We mm -hmm. stay connected on Facebook. He found a photo of me at nine years old playing football on the West Side. The West Man. Side Longhorns, number 58 here, if you're watching in this video, I was nine years old, man. This was 1980, Joe. I'm um, playing with the West Side Longhorns, wearing number 58 in honor of Matt Milano, who wasn't even <laughs> wasn't even born for 14 <laughs> years after that photo got taken. <laughs> but that is, you know, that's some cool shit, man. And again, this is what I love about social media. I I don't remember this photo, but I'm sitting yeah. there in a football uniform for the West Side Longhorns, nine years old, man. What a what a time to be alive. Really cool shit, man. That, That's what I love uh, about social media, being able to see stuff like that from time to time. You know what? You know what's funny about that picture is who is it that's standing next to you? Is that is that that's uh, my friend Rodney who found the picture? Okay. He's a he was like kind of a big brother figure to me. I'm nine. He had to have been about 13, maybe okay. even 14 years old. He's a good five to six years older okay. than I am. Okay. Because yeah. uh because he's wearing a Buffalo Brave shirt that I'm convinced. I've seen many people wear nowadays, although yeah. I, I'm sure it's, you know, it was made much more recently than I assume that shirt was made like in 19, 1978 or 77, maybe, well, maybe. Well, this, so that, that was 1980. So if you got to think that shirt was relatively fresh, not long after yeah. the team left, I think they left after the 1978 season is when they went out to LA. So yeah, they were gone from bubble. I mean, generations now of people have never even seen the Braves player even heard some of them never even heard of the Buffalo they Braves get, know that the, they had an NBA team but yeah man it was only two years after they, that did they go right to LA or was that uh Buffalo to Kansas City to LA I, I think they I think they became the Clippers right after the Braves okay uh, I'm pretty sure I, I'm not a hundred percent sure I could be wrong but I don't yeah. think I am man but anyway yeah just I know either way that's that's awesome because uh yeah I see I, you do know, you find it, yourself joe as you're getting older and we're not old we're in that right. middle age i still think yeah. we're in that pocket 
of semi-coolness and plenty of life left, hopefully, God willing. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? At our age, as we get older, though, do you, do you find yourself getting more and more sentimental as time goes by? Like seeing stuff from mm-hmm. your childhood, whether it's time with your parents or things growing up with your friends or friends that you still may be fortunate enough to have some kind of contact with now as an adult. And in your case, you know, you don't, you don't live where you grew up. So a little bit different for you than it is for me where I'm back, where I, you know, spent most of my life from growing up. But do you kind of feel like, I don't know, a little more mushy, you get those sentiments, those feels a little bit more as you get older. Cause I, I certainly do. Like I see that photograph and it just, mm-hmm. It brings back a lot of memories for me, you know, just good memories too. Growing up on the west side of Buffalo, where Joe lives today, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I, I no, I definitely get sentimental. Um, it's hard not to, you know, you know, yeah. when you're away from, you know, for me, it's I'm away from my family, and our family's a little not big. Where <laughs> it's not a big family at all, mm-hmm. so uh, like that kind of stuff is a little bit different, you know. And our, you know, our family situation is a little different now, so it's you know, there, there's a little bit more to that. Um, although I'll, I'll say this, this weekend coming up, I'm, uh, we're having like a bachelor bachelor party, like weekend, uh, for a buddy of mine who's getting married in June and we're, you know, a whole bunch of us are going out to Boston, uh, for the weekend hitting like, you know, a ton of breweries and whatever. And it's like that entire time is going to be all like, you know, old time stories and, uh, you know, sentimental stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so it's. Yeah, like, but like that stuff. I, it, the the thing, the sentimentality part of it. I think, uh, where things hit you a little bit. I don't know if it's harder or more, maybe more direct. Um, sure. Like, I think that's more the case now because I because I mean, geez, you get together with your friends, you know, when you're younger, and you're just like throwing stories around. You're just like, ah, you know, cackling, you know bringing back the old jokes, you know, all that sure. kind of stuff. And it's, you know, you're all the stupid shit you or someone else right. did that they got in right. trouble. And now it's yeah. funny. It might not have been funny at the time, but yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not like, you're not actively thinking about, right. Um, you know, you're, you're not in a different, well, at that point in life, you're not really in a different life situation when you're, you know, you're younger. Now it's like, you know, you are older, you know, if mm-hmm. you're married or you got kids or whatever, like, you know, you got that going on. So then it's, you know, you do, I, I mean, I can't say that I'm not a parent, so like, I can't say like, you think about the old days more, um, cause your perspective changes, but, um, but yeah, it's, you, you do get caught up in it yeah. sometimes and it, yeah, it definitely hits you. Definitely hits you. Yeah, it, it is for me for sure. And, um, I don't know what it is too about the West side. I just. I grew up there. So many great memories. There's some bad memories too, of course, just like everyone else. But uh, you know, it's funny. If I had my way, if I was a single man right now with with, with no kids, mm. or my kids were full fledged adults, I right. probably would strongly consider moving back right now today to the West Side where I grew up. Really? Yeah, maybe Elmwood Village, Def- West Side, somewhere around like from where you live to Elmwood, maybe up a little bit towards mm-hmm. like say Buff State. That's why I grew up. That's ain't gonna happen. Right. Over my wife and my son's <laughs> dead bodies. <laughs> and it's not that they have anything against the West Side. It's just right. that, you know, my wife is a South Towns girl through and through. She always has been. She loves it out here. She ain't trying to move to the city. Yeah. And and Shane, my my son, he he loves it here too. Now, you know, you know, his, uh, his friends are here. He doesn't yeah. want to move. So yeah. anyway, it's not gonna happen, but it's, it's just 
I don't know. Again, I see a photo like that and it just brings back so many memories. And I go back, uh, one of my favorite moments, full circle. So I played in West Side Little League as a kid. And for one year, now Shane didn't spend a day of his life living in the West Side. But in, I think it was 2015, I kind of made him play for West Side Little League football for uh, <laughs> the West Side Bulls. So for one season, he played at LaSalle Park, which was the same field that I grew up playing on. And it was, uh, it was really cool, man. I don't know what it is, dude, though. There's just something about the West Side. Like, I got a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. And I put together a little birthday party event, you know, self-promoting my own birthday because that's mm -hmm. what I like to do. <laughs> sure, um, why not? And I did. I could have had it like anywhere, like say Rusty Buffalo out here in West Seneca is a favorite spot of mine. I just mentioned Prohibition. I go there a lot. I could have had a gathering wherever. I actually, a place that you're very familiar with, Casey's Black Rock Tavern. So I do together mm -hmm. a party there in a couple of weeks, which by the way, if you're in town, I, I sure hope that you'll, uh, you'll be there. But mm -hmm. And part of it was because, again, just growing up around that area, I just kind of got that nostalgic feeling as I'm getting older. A lot of friends that I grew up with still live, whether it's the west side of North Buffalo or Kenmore, like in that vicinity. So I wanted to have something that would be a little more easier for them to get to. Because people that I grew up with on the west side do, they treat West Seneca, like Lackawanna, shit like that. They treat it like it may as well be Syracuse or, or Binghamton. <laughs> How far they, they make it seem like it is. So <laughs> I was about to say the same thing when you're you're talking about like, oh, the family wouldn't want to move to the west side. I'm like, well, it's not California. Right. I know. <laughs> no, Trust just, me, man. It's only a 15, 10, 15 minute drive away. I get it. I get it. But for some people who don't leave their neighborhoods, again, that mm -hmm. shit just feels like it's in another part of the... Uh, the country but anyway yeah so i'm looking forward to that by the way if you're listening watching you want to stop up base six saturday bunch of people will be at uh casey's black rock tavern it's one of my favorite bars joe and i have done a couple shows there mm -hmm. killer wings utica yep. club draft good good food, layout in the bar good there yeah, yeah it is you got to it try really a couple is. other things another time i went by it's, it's all good there i love yeah. that it's a really good place yeah i love that place all right, so let's jump into, like I said, today's topic. And by the way, at the end, we're going to do our, our random questions. We were doing these for a while, but then the season got really busy mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just didn't really have time to kind of, I felt like I would just be throwing those in at the end. Now we got a couple extra minutes. We can kind of work in some human interest questions, get to know Joe, some other stuff besides just hockey. Well, speaking of which, actually, before we talk about the actual team, and again, mm -hmm. focusing this episode on five things that really went right for them. Talk a little bit about, because I wanted to ask you this. In fact, I've been saving this for the year, uh, for the podcast. Um, the season's over now. Mm -hmm. A long season, a, a fun season, an exciting season. In your case, your first season covering the team again full-time after a couple yep. of years. You know, between COVID and this is not just a lot of media, oh, you yeah. know, for the most part. It hasn't really been around the facility that much, in part right. because of COVID. What do you mean, know before that? It's been a minute since you've covered this team full-time over the course of a full season. Mm -hmm. what was that like for you again taking away how the actual team was on the ice just getting back in that full-time vibe of being at the arena every day for the games for the practices the the relationships that mm -hmm. in some cases you you know you're reconnected with some people in the media that you probably hadn't seen all that much over the last few years before the season started in some cases meeting some new people mm -hmm. you know you and Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News obviously have become Pretty close. You guys got the pod, the maintenance day podcast now that you guys do every yep. week, which by the way, that'll be out later this week. Um, Renato and Adams are going to speak later this week. So after they're done speaking, look for the podcast not long after. But anyway, 
just talk about the season for you now that it's over, just being back in that grind and, you know, that, that vibe, that environment. What was it like for you? Yeah. I, first of all, it's been bugging. It's been eating my brain since I said, did the Clippers move to Kansas City? No, they moved to San Diego. So you're right. They West yeah. Coast. I was thinking Kansas City because of the Sacramento Kings. So sorry. Uh, I, just, I, that, that, I had to get that out of my brain. Because yeah, you get stuck in there. I do that all. How can he mess it up? Sorry, guys. But, um, but no, um, it was. It was it was something else this season because there was so much was it's a lot of it was the same but so much was different uh, from the last time I was in there you know nonstop full time you know pre pandemic which doesn't feel like a long time ago but also feels like it was a hundred years ago like sure. it's, it's weird um, West Side Sirens there we go <laughs> there it is the hot take alarm is queued up it's ready to go it's, it's still there yeah, ready to ready to kill me with it um <laughs> no it was it, it was it was it was a little i, I will, I'll, I'll admit it was a little awkward for me uh because you know it, you're away from it a little bit you know i was there in in here and there spots uh doing ap work or you know something right. else but yeah. um not like being there every day going to every practice talking to big you know, difference though yeah huge difference it's such a huge difference um so getting back into that flow um and kind of having like that and all of my all of the awkwardness or insecurities or any of that stuff is like all up here in my head like that's sure it has nothing to do with anybody around me none of the players none of the staff nothing it's that's all in my head and from when i was there last time all the time to how things are run now it's uh it's 180 degree difference so there is a lot of like oh you guys don't do that this way now okay like just on the you know the uh the working side of it where a lot of stuff that you know i was you know you'd do in the past you you know you'd have to like run it by somebody and then that gets run by somebody else and it gets run by somebody else and then that person says no can't do it and then you know whatever you're like working on or whatever you want to do or or you know whatever it is that you're you're thinking about doing it's just you know has to go way up a ladder then it comes down the ladder and crashes on your head but uh this year was in the working aspect it was so much so much more i i won't say I won't say easier, but it wasn't difficult. Like, I mean, easier in like the sense of being able to to report and write, and you know, mm -hmm. have have the time to ask guys questions or the coach questions or whatnot, and um, and yeah. not just totally get stonewalled at you know random moments or all the time. Um, so, like, just learning that like things were different took took a little while. <laughs> took a little while to adjust to that, and it's you know, once you get get going, you're like, oh, okay, all right, this is okay, this is different. This is good now. So, uh, you just start running with it and then you kind of get your, I kind of got my feet under me a little bit. And, uh, one, and like this, once the schedule picked up, it was just like, just back to the way it was, you know, I, right. it, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's like the old riding a bike cliche, like hadn't ridden, hadn't rode a bike in a couple of years. So, you know, hop on it and i'm just kind of like oh does this work i don't know and then you know you're just you figure it out as you go along so um but it was just in general it was such a such a fun thing to be around again you know like just um you know you, know, you see everybody every day and it's you know a lot of it's it's kind of like we were talking about with the sentimentality thing like a lot you know sometimes the old jokes come back and uh um, sure you know the uh 
you know, it's the kind of the old camaraderie. And then you you have, you have some new people there too. So you get, you know, you get to know them and get to goofing around with them and hit it off with people, you know, that are new to it. So that's always cool. And, um, and then, you know, working with the players again, um, it, it, it was pretty, it was, it was really, I don't know if flattering is the word, but it was really cool to be able to, you know, come back to the room and then, you know, you see like Kyle Pozo and he's, Hey Joe, how are you? I'm like, you know, my name. Wow. Like, yeah. I know we've been working together for years, but like you, the players never address us by name. You know, we're always like, Oh, Kyle, how about blah, 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 asking him questions or whatever. Um, but it was like, I don't know, like that kind of stuff is just like, Oh, you do know who I am or you have read my, <laughs> my credential hanging around my neck. Um, but like, you know, him, you know, Jacob Bryson guys that you know, re- talked to tons of times before, like they remember you like that was, that was kind of cool. Now, you know, it wasn't like somebody was like, wow, thank God you're back. It was players and players would never say that, but, <laughs> um, but it was nice to see, you know, there was, you know, there's more, there was more than a few players that were like, Hey man, cool to see you again. Like, that kind of things that thing's nice like that makes you feel like you're doing doing some good work or just honestly just being respectful respectful enough to like be on the same page with the, with the guys so um cuz uh, cuz an NHL season's a long one man like it's it, it's so much different from you know working an NFL season where i mean NFL guys are going they're going to see those players all the time as well um but it's, you know, it's like, what, four or five months, maybe. And then, you know, there's one game a week and, you know, that's that, you know, NHL, right. we've got four games a week sometimes. And, or, you know, there's, you know, there's three games a week and then there's two practices and it's all kinds of stuff like that. But, um, but it's so much more time put into it and you got to kind of stretch things out with, you know, with stories that can't be just like, boom, 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 hit, hit everything at once. And then just go like so much of the locker clear out day. The last couple of days has been like, all right, I've got what two months to fill before we go, before we got the draft, like yeah, hey, better, better pace some things out here and just, <laughs> just, you know, get ready for that. And then it's summertime and then it's like, oh boy, get time to get creative. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the first now granted it's my first full season back but this was the first season out of all of them that you know that i've been there where i was like ah can we just keep this going this has been pretty fun that's what that's what i was thinking fun season is is way different like there's been other seasons where it's like all right this team might be going places but it wasn't exactly fun and you know some of that's player related some of it's you know just the job related or whatever but um, but like this time around, it was very much like, it's a good room. Like it's having a room full of, you know, young, young guys that are just kind of like, kind of, you know, not grizzled down by what the light, you know, the life is and, you know, and all that. And they're just kind of like light and easy going. That's makes working a lot, a lot more, uh, interesting and a lot more joyful to be, to be there. I can only only imagine that part. And yeah, this is the first time I can remember as a fan in quite a while where I'm like, God, man, I wish the season wasn't over. Like, I wish we could have went back and found mm-hmm. one more win for the Sabres so yeah. that they could still be playing some hockey right now. You know, this is going back. I can't speak for this era of athletes and what they're like. I have no idea for the most part on a personal level. Mm-hmm. But about early 2000s, before the age, I sound so old right now, before the age yeah. of blogs and, uh, you know, even the internet to some extent and things being covered, 
online, I wrote for uh, a local rag, which again, because there wasn't blogs and stuff like that, it was enough mm -hmm. to get me credential for to cover the, both the Bills and the Sabres. And I remember covering both teams. It was like around 2003, 2004. And then the difference between football players and hockey players was night and day. And the hockey players, mm -hmm. generally speaking, and there's a couple, there were a couple douchebags on the hockey side. And there was a couple of really cool people on the football side too. So, right. you know, I'm, I don't want to generalize it too Nobody's much. Nobody's immune from it, right? Right, right. But generally speaking, man, hockey players were just so more immune. You know, completely unrelated to that. <laughs> I remember it was 2003. So, so the Bills lost to the Raiders. It was 2002. And Jerry Rice played for the Raiders. And man. Nate yeah. Clemens kind of, the Raiders won the game, but Nate Clemens kind of shut him down a little bit. And I'll never forget this. I was younger and very inexperienced with being at that level. And yeah. I remember almost shitting all over myself trying to interview Jerry Rice uh, <laughs> after the game and asking him questions that I thought were good questions, but in hindsight, they were terrible. And he was just giving me one word answers. You know how that goes, right? And yeah. you just, you feel trapped and lost in the moment and you just mm -hmm. feel like the, the biggest dummy and that's kind of what I felt like. I'll never forget that to this day, interviewing Jerry Rice. It's like the most famous person I've ever talked to, yeah. but also probably the worst job I've ever done talking to somebody. <laughs> I was like shitting all over myself. Didn't even know what the hell I just I'd say, ask the guy, but <laughs> don't don't make yourself don't feel don't make yourself feel bad about that. That's like Jerry at the end of his career. He's just kind of over it. He's playing for the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, all I, of it I, is just like and, and he's just played a game in Buffalo. He, like all of it is just like, I get me the hell out of here. <laughs> he was, he was clearly, he was annoyed that I was suggesting that Nate Clemens put him on lockdown for the game. Put it that way. He was, yeah. well, he was not well, happy. He with, stepped in it there. Yeah. He was, so he wasn't happy with my line of question. But anyway, my point was even back, I just wanted to throw that out there back, even back in the day, the hockey players were just so much more uh, personable and, and, and just seemed more down to earth. Generally mm -hmm. speaking, and to your point about this year, I was going to ask you that next. It, it has to help that the team doesn't suck. The, 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 yeah. the mindset in the locker room has to be different. There's optimism, and it's a lot easier to, to get good quotes and, and sound bites and just build relationships with players and, and coaches yeah. and staff and administration when the team is good, or at least there's a lot of promise in the building. You know, if you're yeah. just going through another one of those seasons like we've seen so many of with the Sabres, now it feels like if your job feels much more like a job and it's probably less fun. Whereas when the team is playing, the way they did this year, a lot of young kids sort of coming into their own or at least starting to come into their own right now probably makes the job a hell of a lot more fun to be able to talk. And I, I would think that these players, generally speaking, again, are much more engaging when, when you when you speak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, when it's when things are on the the upswing, you know, it's a lot less confrontational. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know you're not you're not I guess I don't know. I can't say you're not going to hammer young players because. You know, some people really hammered on young players here in the past, you know, in the very recent past for yes. XYZ reasons, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, game and otherwise. But um, but with this group, it was it was more like, OK, you guys really started from well, kind of the same zero point as the, you know, the, the previous group of young prospects did. Um, but, you know, the wins were a little bit more often, obviously. Um, and, you know, it was, just, there wasn't like any sense of like, you know, there wasn't any confrontation with anybody. Cause it's just, you know, like who you get, who you get a bury for, for having a bad loss. You know, you're not burying, you know, not, you're not burying anybody. It's right. We're 76 point team last year. It's like, 
right? Like, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, right. you're not going to, you know, you can't, you can't kill them when it's, you know, it's all the youngest team in the NHL, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it having, you know, having everybody be just kind of on the young side and, you know, it, it can be a little awkward only in the sense that it's, you know, it's first or second time around for some of these guys, you know, doing interviews after games or after practices or whatever. And they're just kind of, you know, kind of, feeling their way through what it's like to deal with that. You know, some guys are really good one day or just they'll be like, you know, shell shock the next day. And then you're just kind of like, oh, well, okay. Pick the wrong day to, <laughs> to want to talk to them or something, you know? Right. Um, but it's, you know, the, the good thing is, is that you're, you know, you're never shut out. The guys are never, you know, never outwardly, you know, mad at you about anything. I, I don't even know if any of these guys really pay attention to what anybody's writing. I know, I know a couple guys do, but like, I, say, I bet you they do more than you think. Oh yeah. Uh, well, one of them, well, Alex Tuck told us that he, he, he peeks on Twitter. Um, and like, he just sees stuff from the, for you tab. And I'm like, Ooh, boy, that's, that's a bad way to experience Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what people are saying about the Sabres, but, um, but you know, I mean, you know, they, they do pay attention, but I mean, it's not like anybody was writing anything scathing this year. Like, there right, was right, right, right. really hammer this team about. Like, they're fun. Okay. Defense wasn't great. Goaltending wasn't great. I hope the goalies weren't reading a lot of what was being said or, or being written. So, you know, I hope they steered away from that. But, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's so much different when it's, it's, you know, a team's winning and they're stupid young because, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're just kind of like living life. Like, the first time around in the NHL and they're enjoying it. They're playing great. What, yeah. What's to be mad about? Yeah, completely agree. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. Come back. Five things that went right with the Buffalo Sabres this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden. Tomorrow on the show, I'm going to have Aaron Quinn from Cover One with me. We're going to do our fifth of six Buffalo Bills mock drafts. That is exhausting, Joe, by the way, after a while. But I'll tell you, it's a good exercise because 
I think fans and, and, and as well as ourselves learn a lot about these players going through a bunch of scenarios. So anyway, I'm going to have Aaron on plenty of football talk tomorrow as well. And then Thursday night, live from Imperial Series, that's going to continue. I'm going to have Jay Skursky from the Buffalo News with me. Nice. We'll talk Bills, NFL, draft, wings, all kinds of stuff. I'll tell you, I, I have really loved doing that series. Not going to lie, it's kind of a pain in the ass. And You and I have talked about this off camera. It's a pain in the ass to lug equipment, like to break stuff down from my home office studio and pack it up and bring it to the restaurant and then I have to unpack it and set up and then tear down and go back home and put it back up. But I tell you, it, it is really worth it. It's been a fun series. So far, I've had um, Damone Harris up there from the Houston Texans, Buffalo-born kid. I've had uh, Tyler Dunn. I have had um, Matt Perino two weeks ago. My mm -hmm. man, Joe Yurden right here is with, with uh, Rachel Hotmeyer. We had a fun and a memorable episode there. That'll <laughs> always be the one where the kid pulled, <laughs> made us start the whole show over again. But anyway, that was a good time. And then last week, um, Joe, I had Howard Simon with me. And I'm going to tell you, man, I respect, I, I respect, I have great respect for pretty much everyone in, in the media and especially the people mm -hmm who uh, are kind enough to come on this show. I feel like I've had a lot of good conversations through the years with a lot of people. There's few people though, that I'm probably a bigger fan of than I am with Howard Simon, man. I mean, the guy was on the air for over three decades, mm -hmm. a very likable, personable guy. Never, he took the job serious, but he, he never took himself, you know, too serious. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's the first one to make fun of himself. Um, last week we were doing the show and you know, we do it on video too. Mm -hmm. And he pulls off his brand new Nike Air Monarch sneakers that are from like the 80s, that are like the classic old man shoes. You know what I'm saying? He's busting his own balls yeah. and and making fun of himself, man. I'm a big Howard Simon fan. So that was a, that was a big deal for me. But anyway, like I said, Jay Skirsky will be out with me from Imperial uh, this week. So let's get into our, uh, like I said, five things that went right with the Sabres. And there's other things as well. Next week, we're going to kind of focus on five things that went wrong. And as we were going in the break real quick, then we'll get going with this. You were talking about the, uh, the energy in the room, you know, and just mm -hmm. the positive vibes for the most part covering the team this year. I feel like in large part, that's because they significantly exceeded what expectations were. I think anyway, mm -hmm. that most people put on this team, they were a good story this year, next year the bar is going to be raised without question. The bar is going to be raised. And now I think we're at the point where it's make the playoffs or, you know, the, the season is not as big as a success a, as mm -hmm. this year was. They've set the bar. They put the bar up pretty high for themselves this year. Now, next year, do you feel it's fair? And we'll see how the season, you know, the off season plays out and right. all, but as of right now, I think the bar should be set at being a team that at the very least is right there in the last handful of games for a playoff spot again. Like that should be the expectation now, not the hope, right? Yes. A hundred percent should be the hope. I think the expectation next year is going to be win those couple extra games and get in the playoffs. Yeah. They, yeah. The way, the way this season turned out, um, it's amazing because it, they they didn't i mean if you want to get like leeway going into you know the next season be like oh well they were you know six points out of a playoff spot wow just win a few more games they'll be good to go they were one point out of a playoff spot yeah. so, you know two two away from securing it like that's one win yeah. you know yeah. a couple a couple oh. you know a couple overtime games flipping you know from losses to wins you know like that's it's tough right and 
And we'll focus on that next week too. Right. <laughs> Some of the reasons why they could have they could have just flipped two overtime losses into wins or just one yeah. regulation win that was a loss. Mm-hmm. We'd be singing it. Put it this way, Joe probably wouldn't be on the podcast right now because you'd be getting ready to cover a Sabres uh, Boston Bruins round one game. Absolutely. Right um, now at this moment. So but uh I think in general, I think they hit exactly where I think a lot of us were thinking they were gonna they were gonna be at because mm-hmm. you know, we we're saying like, okay, they hit 76 points last year. What's what's the right graduation? You know, what's the right point level to hit to say it was a good season or to say it was, you know, a better season, whatever. I think a lot of us had 90 points in mind, 90, 92 points in mind yeah. in that area. I wasn't quite as bullish on that. I think I was saying like 88, 88 to 92, I think somewhere in that range was goes like, if they get anywhere around there, they did pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Cause if like, if they got 86, it's like, okay, well that's 10 more points, but it's like, that's, you know, it's five wins. You know, it's not that big of a jump up, you know, 76 right. to 91. That's a sizable jump up. You know, that's, yeah. I mean, we're, it's 15 points. That's, you know, it's at least seven wins. I mean, they broke 40 wins this year. So it's pretty impressive. It's, it's a really solid, it's a really solid season. And, you know, no, you know, no moral victories or anything, but I think this team hit it right where I think a lot of us were thinking they were going to be at. Now, how it played out, I don't think anybody saw how this was going to play out with, you know, Thompson becoming, you know, a borderline 50 goal guy, you know, if he's, he doesn't miss a few games with a, you know, the back injury or shoulder or whatever, very well might have 50. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're talking, I mean, Olsen was scratched for a ton of games. He got 28. I mean, that's, that's just going like to the top and bottom range of guys right. that pulled the net. I mean, Skinner and Tuck getting over 30 cousins getting over 30. I mean, it's a lot of guys turning in big seasons. You know, Darlene goes over 70 points. I mean, that's a that's a lot of everything where you're like, well, if these things break right, they'll be able to make get to this point level. And yeah, they did it. And it was yeah. just who I mean, I mean, geez, Lance and I all we did all year was talk about goaltending going back to last offseason. They're like, what are they gonna do? Like, how's it, you know, how's the position gonna work? And sure enough, it was basically goaltending in the end. I mean, defense wasn't you know hyper strong, but like Goaltending sure could have been better, and that's kind of the difference. So, yeah. um, so I, I mean, it, it's the expectation of playoffs. I, I, I think that's, I think that's automatic. Now, all the guys in the room are saying like, "Well, we were expecting playoffs. We expected we could do this well," um, which you know, I, I would hope so. You know, teams teams have to have confidence in themselves, and you know, if they're not, then like, what the hell are you doing? But right, um, you know, I. I could tell that some of these guys definitely noticed a few weeks ago and some of the questions were being phrased like, well, looking ahead to next season, what a blah, 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 blah. And you'd see some looks and they'd be like, well, I'm going to answer your question, but like, we're not out of it yet. So just, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, put that one away until we're officially gone, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But they, uh, it's, I mean, the bar is set and I think they want that bar. I think they, I think that's what they, you know, they, they want people, uh, you know, they want that pressure. They want to have that, um, you know, they want to have that bar to hit. They want to make the playoffs, obviously. But um, I, I think the, you know, now that they've had a taste for what that pressure is like and, you know, they didn't handle it well for a little while, then handled it pretty well at the end. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I know the players are, are all about it. I think they're, I think they're ready for it. But, um, It'll be very curious to see how it plays out in general. <laughs> Let's put yeah. it that way. Well, 
a little spoiler alert next week when we're focusing on things that went wrong. I'm sure one of the topics is going to be later in the season where they only won two out of 12 games and kind of Mm -hmm. fell off the pace that they needed to be at. But for this week, like I said, we're going to focus on, I got five individual things anyway that really went right for the Sabres. Let's start to me, which was the most obvious. Tage Thompson became a a superstar in the league this year, officially. Um, 47 goals, 94 points in 78 games. Almost certainly um, hits for at least 50 if he's not banged up late in the season. He missed four games on the year, played hurt. Um, He had 38 goals, 68 points the year before. Got the big contract. I remember at the time, reaction was kind of a little bit mixed. Like, the guys had one good year. And, you know, they're paying him a lot of money. And then there was other people saying, you know, this is going to be a steal. Well, seven years, $50 million right now. And you got a guy putting up 47 goals, 94 points. And again, playing hurt for near the end of the year. A contract suddenly looks like a bargain. Anyway, point one, Tage Thompson lived up to the hype and then some. He is a legitimate true star in this league right now. When a graphic comes up that the Sabres are coming to town, He's probably the guy that's going to be on the promo poster. You know, he's mm-hmm. lived up to the light. Yeah. I, the biggest question I had for him going into the season was what, what's he do for an encore after scoring mm-hmm. 38? Cause you, I mean, we've seen plenty of guys in the past pop off for a big season and then, you know, things cool down or, you know, they're not, they don't, the, the shot lock isn't quite as good as it was the year before, but he turned out to, to be even better. Um, even, you know, using his skills even more, being even stronger on the puck, all that stuff. Like he put it all together, man. He's a motivated guy. He is, he is a very driven guy. Like, uh, you, you, I mean, you, you see a guy like his size and you're thinking like, oh, he's got to be very intimidating. It's like, he doesn't look intimidating. His skills intimidating. You know, he's not going to pop you physically, but like, He's gonna he's gonna get around everybody and he's gonna score and you're gonna be like, damn it, I can't believe we let that guy score again. Yeah. And then it's just he's keeps schooling your keeps schooling your defensemen or your your other players and he just keeps doing it. And you know, as the season went on, I mean, there was a point where teams were really zeroed in on him, obviously, because he's scoring a ton. You're gonna dedicate a lot of your defense to him, but he started figuring out how to get around. Uh, to get loose from a lot of like the double coverage and things like that and finding ways to find those little soft spots and zones and just kind of pop in and he only needs like 0.5 seconds to get a shot away and and beat a goalie so he's he showed a he showed so much this season where he's like this he's gonna be like this i mean I, you can't like just say like well he's gonna hit 50 next year i mean he very well might. He might. He may. He's got the kind of skill where he could pop for sixty. Um, yeah. Honestly, I mean that's he's that kind of goal scorer. It's it, you know it's everything he does. It's you know, slap shot. It's the dangles. It's the wrist shot. It's all that stuff. Um, just an incredible season from him. And man, oh man, I, I just it, it's it's wild to be there right front and center when a guy's you know going supernova like that as a yeah. you know, as a star in the league where it's just like whoa. This dude, it just it happens right in front of your face. And then you're like, wow, he, he's here. <laughs> he's here and he's not going anywhere. Like that's, that's something else, man. Like that's, it, it's, it's very wild to be front and center for, for a guy breaking out like that, as opposed to 
you know, like, you know, with Jack, you're like waiting for it. It's like, okay, dude, we've been waiting for this to happen. Like, when's it going to happen? And it, you know, kind of did, you know, a couple of times, but you know, there wasn't like those performances where you're like, whoa, holy crap. You know, granted league, even like four years ago is a little different than now. Certainly scoring's way, 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 way up than before. But, um, but man, it's, it, it feels like the, I, I don't know, maybe it's just, I can't say it's because you know the the expectation was was basically nil for him, you know, two years ago. But I mean, it wasn't it. Yeah, well, it was a very big expectation this year, where it's like, all right, man, like you got 38, 38 and sixty eight points, like thirty eight goals, sixty eight points last year. What are you going to do? For, you know, what's next? Like, is it going to be more? Is it going to be, you know, more of the same? Or more of the same? You're like, okay, that's still really good. Yeah, I mean, two years, two years, that like that's fine. But, two years ago was the breakout year. If we would have. We had this conversation in September of 2021 before, not this season, last season started, and you would have told me Tage is going to pop for 38, get a big contract, and become the Sabres best player, and one of the better goal scorers in the league. I would have been like, uh, okay. But then he improved <laughs> on it. I want he improved <laughs> on it. And uh, getting to our, our, our second guy here, man. To me, Rasmus Dahlin has clearly become one of the best defensemen, blue liners in the NHL. 73 points this year, tied for fourth among all defensemen, 15 goals, 58 assists, and your boy was just a workhorse on the ice. 25 minutes and 48 seconds of ice time per game, third in the entire NHL this year. You know, I remember going back to, not last year, but again, going back, you've been coming on the show now for a while, Mm -hmm. years, and it wasn't meant to be funny, although sometimes I might have taken it as a little bit humorous. But you would suggest at the time that, because he was notorious for playing terrible early in the season and then turning it on as the season progressed. Mm-hmm. And I remember more than once, you're like, I think the best thing that could happen to this guy is maybe he needs to see a, a sports psychologist or something, figure out yeah. what's going on early in the season. Who knows what he did or didn't do, but I'll, I'll tell you this, from game one through game 82, this guy was a presence on the ice. And like I said, yeah. he's become one of the better blue liners in the league he looks like a guy who should have been the first pick a few years ago has it always been the case over the first handful of years but mm-hmm. man oh man this this guy's become a star now yeah just an an incredibly dominant type season i mean it's you know the points are gaudy you know your yeah. uh, defenseman with over 70 points has only happened what twice two other times in sabers history i think it was yeah. and it was uh housley yep housley and somebody else I, i'm blanking right now but um it's you know that's that's a steam company where where you you know if you're getting I've always said this every time he's piled up points and he, you know like when he was 18 years old and he was doing he was you know first guy since Housley or first guy since like Bobby Orr you know he surpassed how many points Bobby Orr has had it as an 18 year old and you're like mm-hmm. okay well this is a real this is a big deal right um, but the defensive game wasn't there yet um, the defensive game is very much there now um, he's he's so well-rounded he's 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 just a ruthless competitor just a you know not nasty but like you don't want to cross him you don't want to like you don't want to end up in his sights let's put it i think way. you'd hate him if he wasn't a saber if you're oh, if you're a sabers fan and he played out the new jersey devils or the bruins or any other team for mm-hmm. that matter the kind of guy you would hate if he's not on your team yeah and that's that comes from the way he's just uh, you know, he said it before this season, he stopped giving a shit what people Good. thought, yeah. you know, he's like, 
He's like, he's, he's like, you know, no offense to you guys, but I just, you know, I just, you know, I don't, I just don't listen to it. I'm like, it's probably, that's probably the best thing for you mm-hmm. because, you know, from, from the last time speaking with him and last time seeing him, you know, in person, there was a lot of times where, you know, he's giving an interview and he looks, you know, it's not full like deer in the headlights kind of thing, but just kind of like, Whoa, man, I got to answer these questions. And I mean, you know, he's 19, 20 years old. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, now, full confidence like he's he's one of the most confident players i've seen and there's a lot of those guys in that room tage is another one where it's just he's just so confident in his ability and what he can do and how he can do things in a game where it's he doesn't get caught up reading his headlines or you know reading the compliments or any of that stuff he's just like no i'm just gonna do my thing and you know try to get us try to get us to win a game and oh boy man it you know, regular stats, fancy stats, all of it. It all points that he's one of the best, one of the best in the NHL. He's going to come away with Norris votes this season, without a doubt. Uh, I know the late late season stuff might, you know, might might have taken him out of some people's minds, but then you know he pulls a pulls a goal like you know a setup like he did against Carolina, where he dangles, you know, four four hurricanes out of their boots and gets them sprawling all over the ice before he passes it to Middlestat. You know, like one of those things where. It's like, oh yeah, right. He's amazing. So, um, this is, th- I mean, he's had a lots of big point seasons. It's weird to say that this was kind of a breakout season, though. Like, that feels weird to say for a guy that's been really good, but I think it's just because the all-round game and the way he just he owns the ice when he's out there. Um, uh, it really points towards maybe not like a breakout, but like a superstar. More consistent, he- right? And you would say, would yeah. you say? Earlier in his career, it was flashes. This has been much more consistent. And maybe also to your point, earlier in his career, maybe he did give a shit about what people were thinking and he was trying to model his game over what people thought or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, like you said, he doesn't really give a shit what people think. And he kind of had maybe that changed his mindset, his attitude. He certainly has played m- with much more of an edge physically, being an agitator out there at times, whatever it takes to get himself and, and team going, man. It's just oh, yeah. been a. I don't want to say night and day because that makes it sound like he was shit. And like Tage Thompson right. didn't do much at all in early in his career. And now has become a star. Rasmus Dahlin, you saw it from day one. It just, mm-hmm. it was the consistency. Right. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's just there. a matter of whether or not he was going to take that next step. Right. Know, because he yeah. can score lots of points and just, you know, and do things that way and be terrible defensively and just be like, well, you know, he can do all that, yeah. but he gives it right back on the other end. Right. He ain't giving it back on the other end now. And he's and he's scoring even more points. Yeah. Um, all right. Third point here. Promise at goaltending. I mean, we're talking, of course, about Devin Levi. So he plays seven of the last nine games down the stretch, including mm-hmm. six of seven, you know, when the Sabres were dead smack in this playoff race. Stats not really too gaudy. 2.94 goals against average, 0.905 save percentage. Who gives a shit? All right. He he played well. He gave the team a chance to win. I felt like the team was energized around him. He also has that. I don't know if it matters or not, but he's, he's got that buzz. He's got that kind of like that star factor, you know? I, and again, I've said this. I can't remember who I said this to. I'm not talking about talent or what he might do in the future, but like Derek Jeter, because we're both Yankee fans. Yeah. From day one, Derek Jeter had that. This kid's going to be a star kind of quality factor to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like, I look at Devin Levi and I, and I get that same type of sense. And again, the compare him to one of the greatest shortstops in the history of baseball might be a little bit ridiculous. I'm just talking about the fact that he just, you, you just feel like he's going to be a star. Anyway, again, throw the numbers out. 
the biggest, most telling thing to me was the season was still very much alive and they were continuously going to this kid mm-hmm. down the stretch. Uh, so just talk about that for a minute. And also, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this this summer. A month or two ago, we would have talked about maybe getting a, a little smattering of games here and then he would compete in training camp, probably starting in Rochester. I, that's shit. That's not happening. That's not, it's not happening, Joe. You might be the hockey guy, not me, but even I know that that shit's not happening. This is your, well, maybe calling him the number one goalie right off the bat for next year. It might be a little bit premature seeing, maybe we'll see what they do, but brighter days are ahead. And part of that is because of Devin Levi. Yeah. He, he was completely unfazed by the moment, you know, I, you know, he's, you know, he signs, he joins the team. He gets in there, you know, and he plays outstanding in that first game against the Rangers, you know, showing a lot of guts, a lot of gumption, a lot of swagger. Like goalies with swagger is is always a that's like a tightrope because that swagger can get broken in a half second. <laughs> All it takes is one, you know, one crappy goal against, and then it's like, oh, there it goes. But he showed a tremendous confidence in every single one of those starts. I People, you might want to argue that having him play three three games in four days, you know, like right off the hop, might not have been the best thing. But like, who? It became a. It's amazing, and this is a huge compliment to him that it became a point where you know it's time for that Devils game, and it's like, you know, hey, we got to win this game. Yeah, who, who are we playing? And, well, it's Levi. Like, yeah, it's like you know, it's without a doubt him. You're not going to anybody else. They're like, well, he might be tired. I'm like, might be the case. But he's but if he's the guy that's giving you the best shot, Good that's point. even with the other two with the other guys, you absolutely know, telling. pretty well, you know, before. I mean, there was some, you know, some flickers of like where it's like, oh, this game might get out of hand, you know, in each, you know, in each of those games. But uh in Levi's case, though, those big moments, you know, those, you know, those critical moments when there's, you know, it's a flurry around in your end of the ice or in front of the net. He just showed tremendous confidence, you know, stopping the puck or grabbing it to freeze it, making it, you know, making it, you know, making a hard save look easy or, you know, things like that where, you know, it's the, the, the kind of seasoned vet sort of stuff. Now, obviously, this is, this is going to be a big, big, big talking point all summer long because he, he's got it. He's yeah. also seven games into his career. So it's, you have to, you have to, I'm not going to say pump the brakes because he's good. He's, he's, he's really good. Um, but you have to wonder how this is going to get handled. You know, like, I mean, he's, he's pretty unflappable, but um, I, I wonder, <laughs> you know, I get, I get anxious about it, but I'm also not the GM. So, uh, but it, it stands to reason that he's probably not going to go to Rochester at any point. I, it would be very hard, and I think the fans would revolt in the biggest way. <laughs> I think it would be a big problem with the fans. It matters in the case, but I, I mean, he would have. Sometimes to, it does. Sometimes fans yeah. that shit don't matter. I think it does matter with this case, though. Yeah, I, I, he would have to have a god awful training camp, one where it's like, oh my god, what's wrong with him? You know, like one of those kinds of training training camps where it's if it would be okay to not have him in Buffalo. But you're right. Uh, but what have you very seen hard from him? What have you seen in college or in his stay yeah. in the NHL that suggested he's going to go out there and have just an absolutely awful training camp? 
Yeah, no, there's there's nothing to suggest that. I mean, right. he's, he's he's a huge nerd about the game. He studies, you know, he studies so much about just playing goal. You know, he it, the the funny part was at, after the Detroit game, we you know that shootout. You know, he gives up a goal in the first one, but then stops the next two guys. He stopped a you know breakaway with two seconds left in overtime. Mm-hmm. You know, like all that kind of stuff where it's like, dude, that's a lot of stuff going on. And I asked him, you know, how much scouting did he have on the guys in the shootout? And he goes, he goes, well. You know, not much, but he's like, he's like, I don't really like to study that. He's like, I want to, you know, judge it in the moment to see what Mm -hmm. they do. And I'm like, okay. He's he's like, you know, maybe I want to know tendencies. Maybe I want like that, but that's the most. He's like, yeah, I got to be able to read the play when they're coming in on me. So, you know, so if I'm not faking myself out, uh, thinking like, well, this guy always does this and then, oh no, he did the other thing and crap. I was, you know, I over prepared for it as opposed to just, you know, watching reading the play you know i found that to be really interesting now because i know there's there's a lot of goalies that are huge huge study heads about that where they want to know or you know they want the full scouting report on what guys do in shootouts but he was very much kind of like no let me let me have it in the moment let me see how it goes and i'm like okay man like <laughs> it's you know like that's it's like you just started here man like that's it's wild let me let me let me drop a little bit of a hot take on you right now Tage Thompson and, and Darlene are the best two players on this team. And talking Skinner, and there's lots of good star players. There's lots of reasons for the for fans to be optimistic going forward. But if Devin Levi doesn't sign with the Sabres right after college, or let's just say he does and they just send him to Rochester, or let's say he plays one game and they lose four to one. All right, just one little you know spot start near the end of the year, whatever. Because of Devin Levi coming to Buffalo and how he played. I feel like fans probably have more hope about this team going forward. He might be the single biggest reason why. I'm again, I'm not saying he's not the best player on the team. That's Tate, right. it's Rasmus. But had he not played and done what he did at the end of the year, you would have been like, all right, man, lots of talent on this team. But man, UPL, I just don't mm-hmm. think he's it. I don't think Eric Comrie's ever going to be anything more than a backup who can give you. 15 to 20 starts a season, yada, yada, yada. But because of Devin Levi coming up here and what he did near the end of the year, I think that gives you optimism now between the pipes that was not there even a month ago. You know what I'm saying? I I think that's a big, big, big reason that for for there to be even more optimism amongst fans and probably among the the front offices and the coaching staff as well. Yeah, so, no, I hundred percent because that I mean that's the biggest weakness. You know, the biggest obvious weakness on the team was, you know, consistent goaltending, consistent good goaltending. I mean, there was you could argue there was consistency, but it was consistently giving up four or five a game. I know that's 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 the wrong kind of consistency. Yeah, consistently you're, you're shit, at. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's uh but it, I mean, yeah, goaltending, I mean, goaltending's always everything. You know, if you don't have goaltending, you don't have much, but like yeah, I mean Levi Levi gives the confidence to say, all right. We're, we're in a really good spot because everybody else they've got is enough to be like, well, we can make it in spite of goaltending. Right. Yes. But now it's like this guy could maybe push it, push it further, push it even higher and maybe get him pretty far if, the, if he turns out to be the real deal because they've, they've got about five or six real deals right now, <laughs> right now, everywhere else in the roster. Next week, we will certainly spend a good chunk of time talking about goaltending as one of, uh, the issues. And like you said, there were a lot of games where the Sabres won this year in spite of goaltending. Going forward, it feels like the Sabres could win some games now 
because of goaltending where they mm-hmm. come out and they don't play well and they only score two goals. Yeah. It can be enough to win. Here's, that's the kind of feeling I get now. So uh here's here's the funny thing. And and Mike Mike Harrington asked Devin about this uh the uh yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday, uh, uh Sunday. Um if Northeastern had made it to the NCAA tournament and made it far in the NCAA tournament, we don't have him playing those games. Nope. We don't, we don't see him playing those games at all. Nope. Um and I mean, who know who knows what that alternate universe looks like? Maybe it's not very good. It probably, probably isn't very good. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's very weird because then the it, like this discussion that we're having about like the fan confidence is is way out there because the discussions are just like, oh, you know, leave it, leave Levi might be the guy, but you don't really know for sure. Because you didn't see him against NHL teams. Instead, we we saw him against the Rangers twice. We saw him against the Devils. We saw you know the 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 you know the the friggin' hur- the Hurricanes. Like we saw him against all these tough teams, where it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's beating playoff teams. Like that's 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 the huge compliment. Absolutely, and it feels like you know maybe next year if the Sabers want to whether it's a wild card team or maybe they want to even try to finish third or God forbid you know second place in their division. <laughs> They're not going to have to set the all-time record for goals in a season to uh, right. <laughs> potentially do it. All right, two more points here I wanted to, to cover. One of them, look, I'm not going to go ahead and say the Sabres won the trade, the Jack Eichel trade I'm talking about here, of course, because Vegas is very good. Jack mm-hmm. Eichel has been, for the most part, very good out there. does not have the numbers, though, that a lot of people thought he might. But anyway, Vegas is really good. They're uh, a top seed out there in the Western Conference. So saying that the Sabres won the trade might be a bit of a stretch. I, I think it would be fair to say the Eichel trade was a win-win. Both teams mm-hmm. made out well. Um, Vegas got what they want with Jack Eichel. And the Sabres certainly have gotten what they were looking for in terms of a return. Alex Tuck, 36 goals this year, career high by far a career high. Mm-hmm. But you look at the guy and he looks like a future captain. Hell, man, if Kyle Coso's not back next season, and we'll talk about that in another time, but, uh, you know, this he, Alex Tuck has the makings of somebody who might be the future captain of this team. Uh, Peyton Krebs, only nine goals and 26 points. That's not, like, statistically, that's not a great year, but if you watch the games, he played much better than what stats would indicate. A, a solid fourth-liner uh I think the Sabres are pretty goddamn deep right now at center. But anyway, my, my overall point is, and then you still have Noah Oslin, who, you know, we'll see what he becomes. That that was right. the first round pick, too. So you throw, you got to throw him in there as well right now. Mm-hmm. The Sabres, forget about win or lose a trade. That might be dumb. Let's yeah. say this. Kevin Adams did very well in his return for Jack Eichel. Oh, 100%. I, I think we were even saying this a little bit at, at the time. Uh, when the, when the deals made, because we didn't know how Jack was going to turn out because we knew he was going to get the next thing done once he got to Vegas. So we didn't, mm-hmm. you don't know how that's going to turn out. And, you know, obviously when he came back last season, he was kind of a shell of himself, which makes sense. You know, that's, sure. that's it's an incredibly difficult thing to come back from. Uh, look, you know, looking at his numbers this year, he had 66 points in 67 games. It's the Jack we kind of saw here before you know mm-hmm. that's that's the exact eichel that we had that we had seen in buffalo you know you know early in his career so he's on the way back to be what he's supposed to be sure uh, which is great for vegas i mean everybody here is going to hate it but um 
but that but I mean geez, Vegas isn't as good as they are without him this season. He missed what, 15 games this season, I think. Yeah, he missed the, he missed like 15 games with different couple different things, but he was he was great for him, but I mean geez, he, Alex Tuck had 30 goals, you know, playing on the top line with Thompson and Skinner and you know, one of the best first lines in the NHL. Um, you know, he's, he's certainly one of the leaders in the room. He's one of the guys that he, he leads by keeping the room loose. Like that's, that's the, the kind of leader that he is because yeah. he's got a monster personality, but just like, so he's easy going. He's like the, you know, the lighthearted kind of guy where he's just kind of keeps everybody, keeps everybody going, keeps everybody joking and, you know, keeps people from getting a little bit too hyperactively serious about things always, which, I mean, you want guys that are serious competitors, but you know, you got to know when to like, you know, maybe turn it off sometimes when you're, when you're around the, when you're around the buddies and, and stuff and you're just kind of like relaxing after, you know, a practice or something, but Tuck, Tuck takes care of that in the room for them. Krebs is, I mean, geez, uh, that the that fourth line. I know there was a lot of grumpiness early in the season when you know Krebs is playing with Gergensen and Opozo because people, there are a lot of fans in Buffalo that that it, it didn't feel know, right early on, right? And they don't see the value in those guys. But when you you know if if you look at the fancy stats and the possession time and stuff like that, that's why he's on that line. Like they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a fourth liner. I'm like, well, in name, but that's a third line in in usage. Like that's, you know, they get the hard, they get the hard assignments. They get all that tough stuff and yeah. he's 20 years old, 21 years old. And he's basically getting, you know, getting, getting all the hard defensive assignments and those hard situations and being asked to turn the, you know, get the, get the puck back for possession. So the, so the scoring lines can get it. That's a big responsibility. And here he, he's a kid playing with the two veteran forwards on the team. And, you know, those guys have been doing it for, for a few years now, but he just slips right in there and he's really good at it. And he's kind of a pain in the ass, like not quite as obviously as Darlene is like Darlene's like actively trolling guys. Sometimes Krebs is a lot more subtle about it. Like you don't notice it until somebody goes to try to punch him in the face in a scrum, you know, like that's, it's like that kind of, that, like that kind of play. And he's just, he's so good at what he's doing. And, you know, we haven't quite seen like the offensive Part of his game completely. We've seen it in spurts here and there. What he, you know, if if he moves up and plays with, you know, with some other guys who are scorers, you know, he's a tremendous passer. He's you know, very good hockey sense and all that stuff. But, um, but I mean, he excels in the in the role that he's been playing now. Like he's just so good at it, and he adds that speed element to that to that line too. I mean, he's not a blazing fast skater, but like. He's certainly faster than those two guys, and you know if you're you know if you're ready to get hammered into the corners by by Gergensen and Opozo, then you got Krebs just kind of like you know bouncing around in the zone. You got to keep your head on a swivel because you know if he gets loose for a second, he's going to be able to create you know create an offensive chance. Yeah. So um, to be able to have like those two guys and have them be big factors in your lineup, I mean that's that's huge. I mean that's that's a huge turnaround. And it, yeah, Oslin, we'll we'll see what happens with him. I I <laughs> I've given up trying to judge a guy until they hit North American soil. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens when, you know, whenever he gets, uh, gets over here to play in Rochester, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But, um, but I mean, you know, obviously you get taken 16th in the draft or whatever, you know, 15, 16, wherever he was in the first round, it's a lot of talent there. And Adams, Adams is a big fan of his too. So, I mean, 
We'll see. We'll see what that turns out to be. But I mean, geez, for a win-win deal, it's about it. I mean, this is as good as it can get. I want to. Uh, I want to make sure I don't just gloss over the job that Kevin Adams did with this trade because everybody in the world knew that Jack Eichel was never going to play for the Sabres again, and it would have been uh, really easy for him to take lesser value somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he stuck to his guns, and you know, I was. Lukewarm. I, I I knew or I heard a lot about Krebs because I started reading up on a lot of the prospects. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, Tuck's, you know, a fine player. Tuck has exceeded expectations that I had for him. I'm, I think a lot of fans as well. So anyway, I just want to make sure that Kevin Adams gets his flowers for that deal because it was a really good uh, trade. And then the last thing right now, Joe, we've already talked about Tage and, and Rasmus and, and Tuck now, but just as a whole, man, the Sabres lit up the net this year. One of the best teams in the off or offensively, I should say, in the entire NHL. Jeff Skinner, who sometimes could almost be an afterthought amongst these star players that we talk about. He scores 35 goals. Dylan Cousins, pictured here on the YouTube side, a career best 31 goals. Looks like a hell of a really good number two center going forward. Victor Olofsson, the lightning rod of, of Buffalo sports talk this year, man. He's a healthy scratch. Doesn't even play the last five games as a healthy scratch. And he still ended up with 28 goals this year. The rookies, Quinn had 14, Baturka 12, uh, Middlestead had 15 and 59 points. And we've talked about him a lot on the show over the last month or two. Really took a big step up, and especially in the second half of the season. Played a lot of time on the first line when Tage was hurt. Mm-hmm. Just uh, generally speaking, man, just a, a fun offensive team with a lot of firepower. Yeah. He, uh, I'm glad you, you highlighted Quinn on, or, uh, excuse me, uh, cousins on that, on that, on the, on the picture, on the video. Cause, uh, he's the guy that, uh, you know, he also signs the seven year extension. He signs for just less than Tage Thompson does. Yeah. You know, just like a little bit less. And, you know, what did cousins put up this season? 31 goals, 68 points. What did Tage Thompson do last year? 38 goals, 68 points. Mm-hmm. Now, the causation is not correlation here, but I mean, I don't know. Like we, I, I'm not saying that Cousins is going to pop off for for you know a forty you know forty you know forty plus goal season, but I'm not saying he can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's twenty one. He's friggin' twenty one, man. Like that's yeah. that's. I mean, it's nuts, you know. And I, you know. My uh, esteemed great interviewing skills, uh, you know, clear out day. I ask him, uh, you know, I said, like, well, you know, you, your goal last year was to, be, you know, to become better at goal scoring and become more of a goal scorer. You know, what's the plan for this offseason? Because, you know, you set that goal, you met it. You know, what is it for this, you know, for next year? And he goes, he goes, well, I guess I got to score more goals now. And I'm like, well, yeah, uh-huh. obviously. <laughs> I mean, easy slam dunk answer for that one. But I mean, you know, he, but like he set out to, to be a better scorer. You know, he went to world championships and, you know, became a scorer. You know, he played wing to do it. Um, and then he comes, you know, he comes back here and he's in great shape. And then he's immediately, you know, getting the, getting those second line assignments and you know the second scoring line you know helping bring along guys that are his age but are you know viewed as the young guys even though because cousins has been here for three years already um and you know he's you know when he has a season like that and you're like okay all right well that's it's the number two center putting up numbers kind of close to what tage did last year that's 
it's fascinating. <laughs> and you know, and the thing that makes it stand out is because you see what Quinn did this year, and you look at the way you look at the way he played at the end of the season, where mm-hmm. he started to understand, you know, kind of digging in the body. Now, he's not a big dude. He's he's not a big strong type guy. He might be when he comes back next year. Um, but he found out he found ways to to be able to work into those, you know, those battles on the boards and the corners to fish the puck out and create an opportunity. And I think a little more confidence from him, you could see him pop off in a big way next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and same for Paterka, honestly. I mean, Paterka had you know, a little bit more hot and cold, up and down, ups and downs, but I mean, geez, the, the talents there. We saw it come out a lot more later in the season with where the speed is such a difference and the skill. I think, I think he might he might end up spending a lot of uh, world championships for Germany, you know, working on some, maybe some of the breakaway moves or you know maybe the shot a little bit just to kind of get that get that a little bit more sharpened up because with his kind of ability to 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 make a steal and to and to break away and he can he can he can be a big difference being able to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a wealth of riches because, you know, these are guys that all perform very well. You know, I mean, Quinn, Quinn, you're like, ah, well, it's only this many points. I'm like, well, that's like fifth or sixth and, you know, maybe seventh in rookie scoring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's still pretty good. And it was their first full year in the NHL and they're doing this kind of stuff. And I mean, the, you know, it's, it's very easy to project and say like, well, they're going to be better next year. I, I, it's hard to believe that they wouldn't be. So I think seeing the growth between Cousins and, and Thompson over the last few years gives you more confidence when you see a guy like a rookie like Quinn and, and Paterka, what they did their first year. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, you know, in hockey, it, it, it takes time physically mm-hmm. to grow and experience right. to get better. So I think what you've seen recently with the younger players who become stars now, when you look at guys like Quinn and Paterka, I think it inspires more confidence and that, then- they'll, that they'll take those steps. And let me say this about Cousins. Cousins having that that kind of Tage stat season this year, he's doing it at three years younger than Tage did it at last season. You know, Tage was twenty four doing that last year. Cousins just turned twenty one. Yeah, you know, turned twenty two. Did he turn just turned twenty two? Yeah, he just turned twenty two in February. So I mean. You know, you're doing stuff like that at 21, 22 years old. It's, it, you know, sky's the limit at that point. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. So this segment, like I said, this was candies and flowers and roses. <laughs> Fun. Next week, not quite as much. We'll spend a, a chunk of time talking about four or five, you know, things that went wrong for the Sabres. And again, while why Joe is not getting ready to... uh cover some playoff hockey for the Sabres. Anyway, that'll be next week, though. We haven't had a chance to do this in a couple weeks, and we're going to bring it back today. I go on Facebook, and I steal from this group called Salad Recipes, and this has got nothing to do really with food. But they have some pretty good human interest questions thrown in there as well. Um, So I pick three or four each week, or at least we're going to get back to it, I should say, this week. Just kind of an opportunity to know a little bit more about Joe, I guess to some extent myself as well, beyond just sports talk. Break up the norm a little bit here on Talking Buffalo. So that's how we're going to end. And we got four. First one is going to be age yourself by naming a clothing brand that was popular when you were in high school. Now, again, we spend time here at the beginning of this podcast talking about 
getting older. So it's not a secret that we are not exactly uh, spring chickens here anymore. But anyway, name a clothing brand that was popular when you were in high school that you can remember. Uh, I, I, I was not a fashionista when I was in high school by any stretch. <laughs> you know, I, I also went to a Catholic school where I had uniforms. So there was oh, okay. nobody, nobody was showing out. <laughs> nobody was show, ever showing out anything unless no. it was figuring out ways to make uh, gray slacks look better or, you know, girls, you know, wearing their skirts in, in different ways to try to make that mm -hmm. work better for them or whatever. Um, yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of fashion. Now, the, the first thing that came to mind, though, and it's not something I wore. I know I was not. I was not a fashionable male by any. By any right. All the questions said something that was popular, not necessarily yeah. something that you and I were wearing. But. Yeah, but I the first thing that came to mind because it's like late nineties uh, was Jinko Jinko jeans. Okay. They were like monster sized, like super humongoid jeans that like <laughs> you could hide people in the legs of them. Like they were they were pretty big with like the skaters, like skater groups and. Um, Maybe some more like the, maybe like the, not necessarily like the hip hop kids, but mostly like the skaters and punks. Mm -hmm. no, not, no, punks. No, 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 no. Definitely more of a skater thing, but like just gigantic jeans. Like everything was always big and baggy in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, like that was yeah. just the style. Yeah. And like, I remember like basketball shorts, guys were wearing them and like they were going down to their ankles and they were just monster. Yeah. Um, but nice. like, these were like jeans that were like that. And like, it was comically, comically large pants. And I just laugh every time I think about them. For me, um, th this came to me pretty quickly. On the girl's side, it was Jordash jeans, which would be so tight mm -hmm. that the girls probably needed help being able to get them on. <laughs> I don't even know how they did. But anyway, Jordash jeans were the big uh, fashion statement for females. And then for, well, primarily, I even though some females would wear them too, but primarily for males and i know i had a handful of them were starter jackets back in like the late 80s early 90s uh i i had i remember i had an la kings one i don't even know i just like black and silver at the time I, i'm pretty sure i had a raider starter jacket as well i don't know that i had a bill starter jacket ironically enough but uh starter jackets were hugely mm -hmm. popular and i don't they probably have come back a couple times since then i've lost my fashion sense you were talking off the late. By the time it got to be the late nineties, I didn't give a shit what I wore anymore. I just wore whatever the hell would be on sale at JC Penney's that I can get cheap. That would be my uh, holding fashion at that point. But uh, yeah, man, Jordache jeans for the ladies and, and starter jackets uh, for the boys back in uh, my day in high school because that's what we were talking about yeah. here. I um, I love that you mentioned starter because starter was. I mean, starter never didn't really fade. Right. Um, but I remember like being in school and like all of us, all of us guys had to like, they had like these black winter starter jackets that were black and they had a giant sports logo on the back or like, like small one on the chest and the, I know you're talking about on the back. I remember like, that everybody shit. had to get, get one of, yeah. you know, of whatever, you know, whatever team. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh man, I got to get one of those. And yeah. I wore the, wore the garbage out of it until it like fell apart. Um, but that was, yeah, starter. I mean, geez, the, the satin jackets. I mean, you know, my dad had like a Yankees one. My uh, my uncle tried to troll my dad by getting me a Knicks one. My dad's just like, ah, come on. Like, I didn't have a basketball team yet at that point. I was young. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, my dad's a huge Celtics fan. So my uncle buys me a Knicks jacket and I was like, Oh, it's cool. New York. Yeah. Cool. And my dad's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I wish I had a New York Knicks starter jacket right now. I'm so excited that they're, uh, in the playoffs and up one, nothing. All right. Second question here. Back in the day, what was your favorite food at the fair? Whoever put this up said, I enjoy the cotton candy. I don't give a shit what they enjoyed. So we'll say back in the day, your favorite food at the fair, you know, they even have to be back in the day. How about just mm -hmm. what's your favorite food at the fair? When you go to the fair, whether it's the Erie County Fair, another county fair, wherever it may be, like what's something that you look forward to going to get all the time? What's the thing you can smell from the second you walk into a fair? It's the funnel cakes. Funnel cakes. You, you can smell the funnel cakes like from across the parking lot, across the street from the fair, man. It was that was like the the easiest slam dunk thing to get. Because you could smell it everywhere. It's the easiest thing in the world for anybody to make and cash in on. Just here, just some dough and fry it and sprinkle some sugar on it. Done. Like, yeah. it's the most basic, basic ass food you can come up with. But man, oh man, it's it. I think it's only right to get it at a fair. Like if, if you sold it like normally, like if there's like a funnel cake, you know, like fast food place in a mall or something like that shit would go under in a, in a week because people would be like this isn't a fair get out of here we don't want this stuff now <laughs> but like you go to a fair you gotta have one like you have to have one um so yeah funnel cakes and then finishing off with a snow cone i know you could get snow cones like everywhere but a snow mm -hmm. cone at the fair always always hit the spot i'll tell you right now this is going to be the least adventurous stuff ever i'm not going to say pizza but i will tell you every time i go to the fair i end up getting overpriced shitty pizza i have no idea why but i always do and again you could get this anywhere so it's not exclusive to only a fair but every time i go to the uh fair kettle corn i love kettle corn and i get it there all all the time so every time i go to a fair it's kettle corn that's got to be the least inspiring answer maybe in the history of this segment that when i here's a, ever here's a hot take for you i go hate kettle, i hate kettle corn really I hate it oh, so much. Like it's that. it's like I see it. I'm like, oh, popcorn, great, and I'm like, yes, yeah, salt, butter, let's go, popcorn. And then I eat it. And I'm like, bleh, bleh, covered <laughs> in sugar. I'm just like, get this away from me. No, like, if I'm gonna have sweet popcorn, it's got to be hot caramel popcorn because that stuff rules. All right, that's fair. So we're going from lighthearted here, talk about uh, you know fashion in high school and what we like to pick out on at the fair. Um. This is much more darker. Most heartbreaking moment from a TV show. This is tough. No, this is not tough for me. This is a slam dunk. No? This what is, is it? Uh, it's from a cartoon. First, really? Off. Yes, it's from Futurama, and it's an episode. And as soon as I say Futurama, people that know it are immediately going, "Oh, oh no, he's going to say it. yes, I am." It's Jurassic. It's an episode called titled Jurassic Bark. Um. The whole it's no stories hit you harder than like uh you know like a you know a guy and his dog like those kinds of stories always like, sure. like oh instant gut punch you know like yeah you'd see like those movies like Marley and Me come out or like the book like it come out like they make a movie out of it and it's just like why are you making stories about the dog dying like get away from me with the dog dying stories this one does it's not necessarily the dog dying but like it you know there's like the the time travel aspect of the whole, you know, the whole story. And, um, 
basically the sum up is that the uh, yeah fry you know finds out that his dog waited for him after like the entire time that you know he got zapped into the future and like his dog just kind of waited for him to come back the whole time and it's just like whoa good guy, <laughs> oh, the dog waited for him and then you're just like you're a broken person after you watch that episode i mean it's a great series futurama is awesome what uh, mac grinning simpsons the whole thing like that's an amazing awesome funny series that episode will break even the hardest person like that is just a oh god just give me five minutes alone please you, you kind of make me want to want to i've never watched a series so i, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I there's nothing i can that's add your introductory that. episode it's gonna murder you You're gonna be like, <laughs> i can't watch the show anymore watch everything watch like like you know plow through it watching up to that point so you get involved with the characters like you laugh you have lots of laughs and whatever because that episode will completely bury you yes all right all right um i got a couple and again these are things where some people probably haven't even watched the show so they'd be like kind of like you just described to me i'm like okay 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 but i don't know what you're talking about um <laughs> if you watch game of thrones whole doors demise i don't know if you watch game oh, of thrones i um, did that's when, when, tough. Look, man, it's been years. So if you haven't watched it by now, tough shit. Okay. Old door <laughs> dies at one point. That shit was gutting, man. It's trying to save Bran from you know getting killed. Mm -hmm. That that sucked. Um, this I don't think you watched. I think we've talked about this before. I don't think you watched this as us. It's got to be the most melancholy drama mm -hmm. I think I've ever seen. Take your pick. A couple people that passed away in it, it was terrible. And then uh, the Fresh Prince episode where Will's father comes back into the picture and then just disses him and walks out mm -hmm. on him again. And Will breaking down, talking to Uncle Phil, you know, mm -hmm. asking why he doesn't want me. That shit. Yeah. That, that was That's tough. Hard. Fresh That's Prince really is a show. Tough. I'll tell you, Fresh Prince Joe is a show that really grew on me. And maybe we'll talk about this at length another mm -hmm. time. But it really grew on me. It was always, you know, laughs and giggles. Ha, ha, ha. But there was those episodes that really had some life lessons and deep meaning. Mm -hmm. A brilliant, brilliant show that I feel oh, yeah. like if you haven't watched The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you should really watch. Because again, it was good for laughs. Maybe they're dated today. You know, it wouldn't seem as funny watching it today if you yeah never seen it before. But man, there was just some really tender moments and some big time lessons to be learned yeah. by watching that show. Great freaking show. That's a, that, yeah, that, that show holds up. Like, there's not a lot of overly dated jokes on there. Yeah. Like, it's that, you know, I mean, Seinfeld's way more dated, but that's. Oh, the, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Cheers is really Fresh dated, cool. too. Oh, Cheers, yeah. too. Yeah. But, yeah. like, yeah, Fresh Prince is. It's the reason why it ran in syndication on TBS for, like, <laughs> it's probably still does now. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's great show. And, like I said, that was a really, uh, that was a really tender, heartbreaking moment in the way, um, Uncle Phil comforted Will when he needed it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, last question here. Let's get back to being a little bit uh, lighter. Uh, a band an, uh, or an artist that everyone loves, or uh, almost everyone seems to love anyway, but you personally, you can't stand, or at least maybe that might be too big of a, a word. Let's phrase it as a very popular banner artist that you just mm -hmm. don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I had to think about this one for a second because I've become less of a hater as I got older. Right. That's why I kind of rephrased it a little yeah. bit. It's like not many I can't stand. Right. Like it, there's stuff where it's just like if I hear it out in public and I don't like it, I'm just like, all right, whatever, mm -hmm. this is, you know, this friggin' song. Um, one that I just was never able to shake, even from college days where like when they were biggest was Dave Matthews band. I just for the life of me could never get into them. So, like, I mean, 
the talent's great. The songs, you know, there's a lot of catchy songs. Like I can respect everything that they've done. Like they sure. still sell out all that stuff. Great. Don't get it. Don't get it. Never hits me. I don't understand it. Um, that's a great one, by the way. I feel like they <laughs> I do not like the Dave Matthews band. And they came to, it seems like they came to Buffalo every year for like 10,000 straight years. And everybody would be looking forward to it. I'd never seen them in concert. Oh, man. Never had any desire. They do like an annual show up in Saratoga, like every July 4th, yeah. like yeah. Uh, sells out every, like immediately every time. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. It they, they just again, I, to your point, I agree. I respect what they've done. I respect the career that they, they've had. I just, Dave Matthews Band does nothing for me. Um, I know I'm going to be a hater to a lot of people here. Say Drake. I am an avid old school rap fan. Okay. I love hip hop from mm -hmm. when I came up in the 80s and then in the 90s. Love, 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 love hip hop. Hate hip hop today. Hate it. And in this, I, nothing's going to make me sound older than me hating on Drake. I completely get it. Trust me. <laughs> I know. The guy's like among the top artists of all time already on billboard like in the history of music i think he might have the most top 100 hits or whatever it may be man it's just yeah. absolutely nuts i saw i but i don't get it i'm not a big drake fan and then going into like that later 90s early 2000s two more i'm gonna throw out it real quick because they did a song together cheryl crow very popular not a big <laughs> fan of hers and kid rock never <laughs> never never thought kid rock was that good man i just well, not a fan. I'm just yeah. leave it at that. I, and then they made a song together, Picture, which I think is one of the worst fucking oh, songs God. in the history of the oh. world. I hate that yeah. song. People still play that shit on the jukebox. Mm. God, I want to smash the jukebox every time I hear that song. Absolutely hate it. But anyway. I just, the thing about Kid Rock, like Ball to Ball was like a fun song. Like that first one, like he hits the scene. You're like, oh, that's it's kind of fun. Like that's just a you know, bang your head, like whatever. And then he just started like, like scamming off of like Southern rock constantly. And you're just kind of like, dude, like we've heard 38 special already. Like, just get out of here with this stuff. Like <laughs> we, Skinner's better than you take a hike, pal. But like, <laughs> man, oh man, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't kid rock. I don't get it. Like it, it, not a fan, but also I don't get it, man. Like what, <laughs> it's just, it's very easy to clown on him though. Cause like, it's just, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. He's a Detroit guy, but yet he's like all country now. And it's like, okay, man. Yeah, I just, right. I, I, I don't know. I just never a fan of his. Anyway, all right. This was fun, man. I, I like getting back into these kind of little uh, personal preference type segments. Good savers talk as well. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Yurden. Again, look out for Maintenance Day podcast later this week, of course. Subscribe to uh, Noted Hockey. Again, that's notedhockey.substack.com. Five bucks per month. The, the pressure's going to be on, man. Popping yeah. out good off-season content now as we transition. Again, a lot yeah. of shit to look forward to to be optimistic about your Sabres fans. So make sure uh, you check out Noted Hockey as well. Again, next week, maybe it won't be. The vibe won't be quite as fun as we'll be talking about some uh, things that went wrong for the Sabres. But anyway, for now, I'm Pat Moran, Joe Yurden. Thanks, Joe. Always fun having you on, man. Always a good time, Pat. Thanks for having me again. All right, guys, and I will be back with another episode. My man, Aaron Quinn from Cover One, Buffalo Bills mock draft tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.